Well, today we're going to conclude our series called Adulting. For the past several weeks, we have been looking at some of the difficulties and some of the struggles that accompany being an adult. Well, today our subject is balancing the demands of life. How many think we need to hear a little bit about that? Balancing the demands of life. You know, for children, life is, uh, is pretty simple. It's just pretty simple. But the older you get, the more difficult and the more complicated your life becomes. Demands increase as, as we age and as we add more layers and more relationships to our life. Each of these layers and each of these relationships come with their own set of demands. For, for, for instance, I, I, I'm a man, but I'm not just a man, I'm also a son. I, not just a son, but I'm a brother and I'm an uncle and I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a papa. Uh, I'm a friend. I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm a presbyter. A presbyter is an overseer of other pastors and other churches. So there are there are at least ten layers to my life. Ten separate relationships, and each one with their own set of demands. How does a person juggle all the balls that are in the air? Home, school. Work, marriage, parenting, friendships, church, devotional life, and the list just goes on and on. My subject, again, today is balancing the demands of life. There are five things that I want to suggest to you this morning that you can do that I believe will help you in this area. The first thing that you need to do, and it is absolutely prerequisite, and that is decide what is most important to you. If you're going to balance the many demands of everyday life, you're going to have to decide what is most important in your life. You're going to have to prioritize, prioritize your life, because life will pull on you in so many different directions that, that, that if you allow it to, it will literally pull you apart. So you must decide what is most important to you. James said in James chapter 1 and verse number 8, he said, a double-minded man, he said, he is unstable in all his ways. So let me encourage you, first of all, this morning, prioritize according to your passion. Now, I talk about this quite a bit, but I feel compelled again today. Prioritize according to your passion. Passion. See, life is, is, is too short to waste it on what doesn't motivate or excite you. Now, I'm not saying that 100% of life should be motivating and exciting. I'm not, I'm not, that's not realistic. That's not what I'm saying this morning. See, mu- much of life is routine, right? In fact, most of life is routine. Just align your life so that your routine doesn't suck all the life out of you. Does that make sense this morning? Whether it be your family, whether it be your hobby, whether it be your career, or whether it be your, your, your volunteering, or all of these, make sure that your life includes some things that you are passionate about. Make sure that your life includes some things that bring satisfaction and bring fulfillment to you. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 13 says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. 
Now, let me just throw this in this morning for good measure. Now, a husband who is wise, a wife who is wise will, will, will make sure that their mate has some time for recreation and doesn't get bogged down with simply only responsibilities. There must be a balance between these two. So prioritize your life, prioritize according to your passion and prioritize according to your principles. Your principles. Make sure that your life lines up with your principles. See, life will pull on you from so many directions. Here's what I know, and that is the direction that you will end up going will be determined by which direction that you intentionally lean into. So I encourage you today, lean into the direction that aligns with your principles and your passion. Because what you need to understand today is that is you can't do everything. You can't do everything there is to do in life. You can't do everything that you want to do. You can't do everything that you think that you need to do. You can't do everything. And here's something else I know, and that is you cannot make everybody happy. First of all, some people are just not going to be happy. They've just decided they're going to be unhappy. No matter what you do, they're going to be unhappy. You can't make everyone happy. So don't miss the target, and the target is your principles. So don't miss the target, which is your principles, by trying to please all the people in your life. Second thing that I would encourage you to do, and that is develop a a schedule that you can live with. If you're going to balance the demands of life. You're going to have to develop a schedule that you can live with. Proverbs, again, chapter 4 and verse 26 says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet. Somebody said it like this. They said, organize or agonize. That is your choice this morning. You can either organize or you can agonize. Take control of your life or your life will get out of control. Here's what I also know, you've heard it before, and that is we are human beings, not human doings. Too many people get their self-worth from what they, what they do. If you ask them who they are, they'll tell you what they do, and they get their self-worth from what they do. And the more they do, the more significant that they feel. But eventually they burn out. And when they burn out, they start feeling worthless and they start feeling unappreciated and they start feeling taken advantage of. I don't know, but somebody needs to hear this this morning and that is develop a schedule that you can live with. And here's what I've learned and that is everyone's characteristics are different. Everyone's characteristics are different. In Romans chapter 12, there is a list that is given by the Apostle Paul of giftings. God has gifted each person individually. Say individually. God has gifted each person individually. My gifts are not your gifts. Your gifts are not my gifts. And God did this on purpose. Say on purpose. God did this on purpose. He did this for a specific reason. He did this for our own personal and individual and specific assignment in life. Let's let's read about it. In Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, Paul writes and he says, For I say... 
through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Did you hear what Paul wrote? Paul says that God has given to each one, each individual, a measure of faith. In verse 4 he says, For as we have many members in one body, say many members, in one body. As we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Say, we don't have the same function. Thank you, Chris. You're cooperating, the only one. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts differing, say differing. My gift is different than yours, and your gift is different than mine. Having then gifts differing. Differing. This church has had four pastors in its history. Each one of the pastors that have been in this church have had different gifts, different callings, different specifics that God had placed them in this body for this particular or that particular time. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Say, use your gifts. Let us use them. And he lists some gifts here. These are not all the gifts, but he lists some. He said, if, if your gift is prophecy, then he said, prophesy in proportion. Notice that word, proportion. Say proportion. Prophesy in proportion to what? To our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So everyone's characteristics are different. And also what I see here, and that is everyone's capacity. Say capacity. Everyone's capacity is different. Romans 12, verse 3 again, God has dealt to each one, say each one. God has dealt to each one or God has dealt individually a measure of faith. Say a measure. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, this is my personal belief. You can believe and teach what you want to preach and teach and believe, but this is what, this is my personal belief. And my personal belief is that this measure is a different measure or different amount to every individual. So everyone's capacity is different because everyone's measure or everyone's amount of faith is different. We, we see this again in the parable of the talents that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25. The Bible says that, that, that he gave to one man five talents, but to another man he gave two talents. And yet to a third man, the Bible says that he gave only one talent. But I want to notice what verse 14 of Matthew 25 says. It says that he gave to each of them according to what was fair, Right? No, I tricked you. 
That's not what he said. That's what we, that's what we think. That's why some people have a problem and say, well, you know, you know, it wasn't fair. He gave this guy five. He gave this guy two and he only gave that guy one. Or, you know, we look at somebody else and they have more talent or more ability or more finance or more this or that or something else. And, and, you know, we kind of get, have a hard time with God and we say, you know what, God, you know, you kind of, you kind of shorted me there. Uh, God, you know, this doesn't seem very fair to me. But no, 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 he gave to each of them, not according to what was fair, but he gave according to, the, the Bible says in verse 14 of Matthew 25, he gave to each of them according to their own individual ability. See, it would not have been fair actually to have given the one that he gave the one, if it wouldn't have been fair if he'd given him five, because he didn't have the ability, he didn't have the capacity to deal with five talents. How many are still tracking with me this morning? So everybody, everyone's capacity is different. Here's what I need you to understand, and that is don't judge people too harshly. Don't judge people too harshly. Perhaps their capacity is less than yours. And, and, and here's something else. Don't make yourself overstressed by taking on a position or taking on an assignment or taking on a goal that does not match your capacity. Now, hear me. I'm not saying we shouldn't stretch ourselves sometimes. Don't, I'm not giving you a license to be lazy. I'm not giving you a license uh, to be complacent. I'm not saying that we shouldn't stretch ourselves sometimes. But uh, here's what I know. And that is if you stretch a rubber band far enough, it will eventually break. And the same is true for people. So we're talking about balancing the demands of life. If we do this, we're going to have to decide what is most important to us because we're not going to be able to do everything. And then we're going to have to develop a schedule that we can live with, a schedule that is in line with our characteristics and our capacity. Third admonition that I have for you this morning, if we are going to balance the demands of life, and that is you're going to have to delegate your weaknesses. Again, I talk about this a lot, but it fits right here, and I need to, I need to say just a word about it. See, great leaders are great delegators. Great leaders are great delegators. Great leaders don't do everything. Doesn't make you, oh, he's a great leader. He does everything around here. Well, that makes him a poor leader. Great leaders are great delegators. And they know what they're good at, and they know what they stink at. And they're okay with the fact that they're not good at everything. Nobody is good at everything, and it's really, really good when you understand that. Because everybody has strengths, and everybody has weaknesses. So don't waste your time on what you're not good at. Don't waste your time on what you're not good at. Romans 12 and 6 again says, everyone's gifts are different. Somebody said, soar with your strengths. Well, the truth is, this is the only area where you will be able to soar. You will not be able to soar with your weaknesses. You may be able to learn to manage them. And, you know, maybe you can get a C minus in those areas. But the only way you're going to soar is if you soar with your strength. If you, if you concentrate on those things in your life that you are gifted for. And don't waste your time on what generates the least productivity. See, if our time is limited, and it is, then it doesn't make sense for us to devote a lot of time to something that doesn't give us a good return on our investment. 
You see, time is our number one investment. How many understand that? Time is our number one investment because our time is the one thing we can never get back. You can make a bad business deal. You can make a bad financial decision or make a bad financial investment, and you can eventually make that money back. But if you give your time, once your time is gone, your time is gone. Time is the only thing that we can never get back. So don't waste your time on what generates the least productivity, no matter how much they nag you. That might be a project, that might be a position, that might be people. Hey, we're talking about balancing the demands of life. Let me give you my fourth suggestion. And number four this morning is decline opportunities. Decline opportunities that do not align with your priorities. Now, now again, again, I, I know that you can't do this 100% of the time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what we do on a regular basis. I'm talking about, you know, that, that, that is a natural flow of our life. There will always be exceptions. Proverbs 21 and 5 says the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Proverbs 12 and 24 says the hand of the diligent will rule. Proverbs 12 and 27 says, diligence is man's precious possession. Let me give you some synonyms for the word diligent. Some synonyms for the word diligent are consistent, persistent, enduring. I hope that it is said of me at my funeral that I was diligent. I I try to make it a part of my extended prayer. Every day that I have my extended prayer, I, I, I make it a part of my prayer that God would help me to be the, the rock of my family, the foundation, the stable one, uh, the dependable one. I hope it is said of me at my funeral that I was I was diligent, that I was consistent, that I was persistent, that I was enduring. And and, and by the way, I hope my funeral's 30 years away. Decline opportunities that don't align with your priorities. Say no to good so that you can say yes to great. Say no to good so that you can say yes to great. Great, because here's what I know, and that is if you constantly and continually say yes to good, you're not going to have the time, you're not going to have the energy to say yes when the great comes along. We don't do everything at the grace place. We we don't do everything. Uh, See, if we did everything that people think we should be doing, And yes, there are things that we do not do that some of our people think we should be doing. But if we did everything that people think we should be doing, we wouldn't have the time, we wouldn't have the resources, and we wouldn't have the manpower to do the few things that we feel God has called us to do. And so consistently we say no to good so that we can say yes to to great. And not everybody understands it. Not everybody understands this. Not everybody likes this. Some criticize us because of this. Some even leave because of this. And, and that's okay. I, I, I don't like it, but it's okay because we're not serving men. We're serving, we're serving God. 
And we need to do not just what man thinks that we ought to do, and we should not just be involved just because something is good. That doesn't mean that we should do it. It means somebody should be doing it. Maybe it's the church down the street that needs to be focusing on that. But we cannot focus on, on all of these things. We've got to figure out and decide and hear from God and know what God wants from us and only do those things that God has called us to do because we can never do great when we're all involved in doing good. Say no to good so that you can say yes to great. And then choose quality over quantity. Let me ask you this this morning. Would you rather have a pile of $51 bills? Look at that pile. Or one $100 bill? Which one? You, how many votes for this one? How many votes for this one? You've been to school. Which one has the most value? But there's so many more. Oh, look, look, look at that stack. Look how many. Look, look how big that stack is. And look at this one little old, old, old thing over here. Choose quality over quantity. See, see, it's better to have a few friends that are aligned with your values and your principles and that are headed in the same direction that you are than to have a host of friends who pull you away from your values and principles. A scripture I often quote to you is Proverbs 13 and 20. It says, he who walks with the wise will, will be wise. Decline opportunities that don't align with your priorities or your principles. See, the truth is that you're even going to have to decline some opportunities. You're going to have to decline some, some, some positions. The truth is you will even have to decline some opportunities, opportunities that do line up uh, if you are going to balance the demands of your life. I have resigned positions. I have said no to several positions in the past. Not because that they weren't in line with my priorities and they were not in line with my principles, but because they would take time away from what I was more passionate about. I had to say no if I wanted to stay balanced. I had to say no to good so that I could say yes to great. This leads us into our fifth and final admonition today, and that is determined to stay focused. If you're going to balance the demands of life, you're going to have to determine to stay focused. Proverbs 4 and verse 26 says, we read it a moment ago, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast. Stay steadfast. Be steadfast in all your ways. Two things that I know, and the first thing is, and that is staying focused is difficult. Staying focused is difficult. There's so, so many different layers to our lives, different relationships, different responsibilities. And, 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 and these change with each season of our, of our life. And I want you to tune in with me for just a few moments. I believe somebody needs to hear this this morning. I'm going to say it again. There are so many different layers to our life, different relationships, different responsibilities, and these change with each season of our life. 
And because of that, our priorities should change. Due to the fact that with each season of life, different layers are added or taken away and all of that. So our priorities should change as the seasons of our life change. And problems arise when people dedicate the same amount of time to something in this season of their life that they did to it in their past season. See, see this young lady sitting on the front row here in the jacket here, the blue jacket is my, is, is my daughter. And there was a time in her life when I dedicated a whole lot of my time to her. She was in gymnastics. She was a cheerleader. She was in debate. She was in track. She played volleyball. She played basketball. She, if they were doing it, she did it. And there was a time in my life when I devoted a whole lot of time to her. She was a child. She was young. She was growing up. She was being nurtured by her mom and her, and, and her father. Well, I still get to spend some time with her, not as much as I would like to, but I don't spend as much time with her today as I one time did because we are all, both of us, are in different seasons of our life. I may still track it with me this morning. And it's a problem when people dedicate the same amount of time to something in this season of their life that they did to it in their past season. So here's what we need to do. We need to ask God for wisdom to determine our priorities for each particular season of our life. And let me give you some really good admonition. Uh, If you're married, it it would be wise for you to discuss with your mate priorities during each particular season of life. You know, you first get married and it's all about you. It's just the two of you. And man, I mean, you've got other than work and other responsibilities, but man, you have no kids, you have nothing else. You know, you've already gone out of the house and all that. So you got all of this time to devote for one, to one another. And because you're spending so much time together, your family grows. And all of a sudden, a little baby. And here's what happens a lot of times in, in a lot of marriages, and that is, you know, that wife, man, that wife was all about that husband, 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 husband. spent too much time with that husband, got pregnant. <laughs> and now the baby comes along, and not only does that husband need her, but that little baby, and that little baby needs her a whole lot more than that husband does. And here's that husband over here sucking his thumb and feeling all neglected because, because all, you know, all, you know, all this time I had all of the attention of my wife. All of a sudden, she's putting all of her focus and her attention on, on the baby. It'd be good to sit down and have a little discussion and say, you know what, honey, sweetheart, I love you as much as I ever loved you, but you know what, Junior needs me right now, and I'm not going to neglect you, but I will not be able to focus on you as much as I have in the past. And you just need to know that for this particular season, and especially, you know, on that first baby, you know, when you're bringing that first little baby home, you know, and this is how you bring the first little baby home, you know, you bring it like this, you know, and you bring the second one like this, and the third one, you just kind of... <laughs> I mean, no, it'd be a good idea to sit down and say, you know what? You know what? I need to realign my priorities. It's not that this baby is more important than you, but this baby needs me more right now. But the time is going to come. I'm going to get through this season and I'll get back to you, sweetheart. I mean, that's pretty good stuff. 
And then as that baby grows up, that baby needs you less and less. And as they become a teenager, they don't think they need you at all. Don't want you around. But they'll come back around. Amen. Maybe you're starting a business. You're starting a business. How many know that if you're starting a business, you better, you better put some focus on that business, man. It's hard. It's hard. It might be a good idea to sit down and have a little powwow and say, you know what? This business is not more important than you, sweetheart. It, it's not, but I want to take good care of my family. And so for a season, for a time, I got to, I mean, I mean, I've just got to work, work, work and get this business going. And once I get this business going a little not that I'm going to neglect you, not, I'm not going to have any time for you, but, but you have to understand that I'm going to be a little bit divided, but it's just for a season. Am I doing okay? And we could go down that trail, but I've got one minute and 44 seconds, so we don't have time to go down that trail. But here's what I also need you to understand. No matter what season of life is, we are in our personal relationship with God. Not our work for him, but our personal relationship with God always heads the list no matter the season. So staying focused on our priorities is difficult. There will always be something or several somethings that will be pulling on us. But my next statement here is the reason why we must fight for our priorities and determine to stay focused. And this is the, and this is it. And that is because a loss of focus will cause you to miss your intended destination. A loss of focus will cause you to miss your intended destination. In Genesis chapter 11, Abraham and his father Terah left their native country and set out to go live in a brand new country, the land of Canaan. But about halfway on their journey, about halfway to their destination, they got sidetracked. They got distracted. They reached a city called Haran. And something about that city captured the heart of Abraham's father, Terah. And Abraham couldn't, no matter what he did, he could not get his father, Terah, to leave. And the Bible says that Terah died in Haran. He was on his way to Canaan, but over halfway there, he got sidetracked. He got distracted in a city called Haran, ended up dying in Haran, dying there without reaching his intended destination. Here's what I know, and that is if we don't balance the demands of life, we will miss out on what is most important in our life. Well, I encourage you today, don't settle for good when God has something great for you. And choose quality over quantity. Decide what is most important to you and then develop a schedule that will help you live your life with these priorities and then determine, determine that I'm going to stay focused because, because I don't want to miss out on the great and settle for good. I don't want to settle in Haran, even though Haran is comfortable, but I don't want to stand, I don't want to settle in Haran when God has a Canaan for my life. You ever live your life on purpose. Choose the life you want or the demands of life will choose it for you. Hey, today we have some people to baptize. We have one to baptize in this service and four in the second service. So if you're going to be baptized this morning, if you will make your way this morning and anyone else this morning involved in preparing for water baptism. Our takeaway for the message today is this. Keep the main things the main thing. Keep the main things the main thing. I believe that many, many divorces happen because somebody forgot what the main thing was. 
I believe that one of the reasons why there's so many children that are estranged and embittered toward their parents is somewhere along the way. The parent forgot what the main thing was. I believe that there's, that there's many ministers who are out of the ministry today. Back to the matter is, statistics tell us that only one out of ten who begin in full-time ministry will end in full-time ministry. That's sad. Ninety percent don't make it. Ninety percent drop out. Ninety percent are in Haran. Why? They forgot the main thing. So our takeaway for the message today is keep the main things, the main thing. And I know that my staff gets tired of me harping on different things and constantly bringing us back to our vision. But I'm telling you that the only guarantee for success at the Grace Place is if we continue to make the main thing, the main thing main thing, the main thing, that we, we consistently, consistently concentrate on the great and do not allow ourselves to be sucked in to the good. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word that has been shared this morning. I pray you'll take this word today, God. I just pray you'll help us today. God, there's so many things that are pulling on us in life. And some of those things are good things, but they're not great things. They're good things, but they're not the right things for us. God, I pray that you'll help us today to keep the main things, the main things. 